Hi, I'm Stephanie Banghart, and I'm in the middle of rehearsals for the first play to return indoors at the Lebowski Center for Performing Arts in Owasso, Michigan. And you're listening to the Fresh Coast Podcast. Learn about our hilarious production, Five Women Wearing the Same Dress, and the rest of the upcoming season at LebowskiCenter.com. That's Stephanie Banghart, Owasso-based actress, and you're listening to the Fresh Coast Podcast. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of the Cultural Advocacy Network of Michigan, the Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. My name is Josh Holliday, your host and the founder and editor of Fresh Coast Perspective. We're bringing you the latest stories and headlines on arts and culture here in the Fresh Coast State, our beautiful home in Michigan. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Najima Aman, the founder and owner of Ushine Events based out of Lansing and the creator of the summer-long Afterglow Markets along the riverfront in downtown Lansing. I can't wait for you to hear Najima's story and how she finds collaboration is key to community development projects in your neighborhood. Let's dive right in. I am here today with my good friend, Najima Aman. Najima, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, hey, Josh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I know I just gave a little bit of a teaser of this concept that you developed and brought to the Lansing community Afterglow Markets. Tell us a little bit about what is the Afterglow Market and um, where did the inspiration come from? So Afterglow Market is a night market series that really gives small businesses the opportunity to be in downtown and connect to new and existing customers and really begin to partner with each other. Um, The concept isn't new. You know, it started overseas years ago. It's been going on for hundreds of years. Night markets, which really just bring the community out. Um, and I saw it really done effectively in Detroit years ago. Well, and actually still going on with Axe Jennifer, who puts together the Beacon Night Market, um, who's done markets in the Eastern Market. So I really wanted to bring that here to Lansing, um, especially coming out of COVID. We really, really needed to connect and engage with each other. Um, and we have entrepreneurs who come out of various programs who need a place to sell. So doing a nighttime market was a great way to get the family out. Um, to get good food, good people, get fun, all in like an amazing environment that was underutilized. You know, Najima, building markets might be something that's been going on for hundreds of years, but building relationships with people that are really um, spectacular, really talented, really unique, um, is not always the easy part that's been going on for hundreds of years. And it really takes um, incredible stewards um, and champions in the community to make things like that possible. And you, ma'am, are one of them. And so talk <laughs> a little bit about, tell us a little bit about that process of building relationships and building such a strong network. Cause you have a huge network of artists, creatives, small business owners that come out to these markets to sell their goods and people aren't coming in droves to attend as well. So. Tell us a little bit about what has that relationship building process been like um, and and how did you come about building some of these networks, which I'm guessing some of them are (laughs) started out in that network and has grown from there. So I have, you know, I call myself a self-professed people collector and connector. (laughs) And like you said, I do have a pretty big network. I like to talk as many people know. So if you've met me on the street, like we can go from having a five minute conversation to like an hour conversation fairly quickly um because I'm pretty open and you know even when I talk to various vendors and friends and artists I said community is capital like you may not have the dollars or things like that but if you have an amazing community of people um around you that support you you know Afterglow would be nothing without you know all of my friends who 
move a table, who send an email, you know, part, you know, having corporate sponsors and nonprofit partners are amazing, but it's that person who comes when you feel like you can't make it anymore, who really make things happen. Um, I say, you know, really my networking started when I, as an artist, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, I started with my business Curlitude where I did jewelry and accessories. Um, and I was doing Black Arts Matter and Art Attack and Art Feast and things of those nature. And so those relationships with like Abby from Sunset Clay Studio and um, meeting uh, so many, so many different people, Taylor and, you know, who works for the Arts Council. So meeting all these people then. So when I came about and I was like, hey, I want to do this market concept and idea, they're like, great, let's do it. You know, we know that you I've been you've been supporting our stuff for years. So it was kind of a natural transition to like take those people that I've met like on the streets and in the moment in alleys, you know, whether it's in Detroit, here in Lansing, Grand Rapids or whatever. So take those that networking component and make it work. Um, you know, even from doing the block market, you know, with CISO, you know, I met CISO years ago, didn't even realize it. He bought a shirt for me. And then, you know, he connected me with, you know, doing some stuff in downtown Lansing and, you know, things have just kind of evolved from there. So it's so, so important to have a community because community is capital. Culture is capital. There's room for everybody at the table. And one thing I preach day to day is collaboration over competition, because with all of the events that I do and all the things that I, you know, participate in, it is a collaborative effort. It's a community collaborative effort. Even the mural project that just went up with BCFI and Muralmatic, that was a community effort of DLI, you know, talking to Granger to get the space, to get the funding. And so those four organizations got together and created this space. So we have to have that community. And I think it starts at base level. I think for so often we've been looking to corporate to change the dynamics and the narrative of things, but it really starts at the community level on the grassroots team with things like, hey, Lansing 501 is putting together, Lansing 501 is putting together, um, or you know, whatever organization you know needs help. So um, I'm excited, you know, to keep going and keep moving and navigating and you know doing various things in the area. Absolutely. Well, and I think that motto that you live by, collaboration over competition. Um, you and I met probably about six or eight months ago and it was like when we met it was one of these like shocking moments we're like how have we never met before like <laughs> like you're Najima is a powerhouse and she's amazing and she truly embodies that collaboration over competition she, you know she she gets the word out there she is a champion for so many other things in addition to the amazing things that she's creating and um, you're just such a, you're such a special light and communities are lucky to have you. And I know Lansing is grateful to have you. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of love all these like fun little mutual connections that you're like dropping names for. I'm like, oh, I love, oh, I love Abby. It's love. She's the best. <laughs> I know we take, like, I feel like we don't give each other like our sparkles and we don't give each other like our accolades and our flowers and all that stuff enough. And so anytime I can get, you know, anytime I'm doing a podcast or doing an interview or whatever, I'm like, let me drop this person's name because I don't want anyone to ever think that Najima got here by herself. It has all been my community that's been rocking with me and riding with me for so, so long. 
Well, right. I think when I think on that line, Najima, um, Lansing has been uh, really focused on placemaking for for several years, um, and bringing this concept is is really at such a critical time. You know, the the community foundation uh, in, in Lansing and the Lansing region just put money into um, giving a complete facelift to the riverfront, which is where um, these afterglow markets have taken place. And so, having such a beautiful location to position these markets is great, but, you know, investing in infrastructure isn't the only thing that makes a space, right? And so having people that program it and encourage people to come down and experience it is what it's all about. And so you've been doing that. And so tell us a little bit about um, how long have the Afterglow markets been going? How have they been? What has the community been saying? You know, I, I keep seeing these pictures on social media of the Afterglow market with just like crowds of people um, <laughs> walking around outside uh, shopping and buying from small businesses. And I just, it's amazing. And I was like, I have to get Najima on the podcast. So tell us a little bit. You've been going for several weeks all summer long. Tell us a little yeah, bit about Yeah, we are like wrapping up. It'll be 10 weeks, 10 weeks that this program is going on, rain or shine. Literally, rather, if, if it rained, we went inside the Lansing City Market, um, which is going to be coming the Lansing Shuffleboard Club, you know. Um, it's been crazy. <laughs> like, I can't believe we're wrapping up, like, with Root Doctor coming. We have Mahogany Jones come. We have 51740 Masaki came. Like, so it's been 10 weeks of programming and having people there every Friday. Um, I'm going to take a nap after all this is done. Um, but it was just, it was amazing. Like literally just seeing people like in the space, you know, seeing people um, in the little beachy, little fake, little fake beach. It's kind of cool. You know, seeing people in the little beach area, having live music, for 10 consecutive weeks, starting at a holiday, ending at a holiday. So we started 4th of July weekend and now we're ending on Labor Day weekend. And so um, it's bittersweet for it to come to this, the end for this season, but I'm really looking forward to 2022. So take note, it's coming back next year. <laughs> this is not a one-time thing. Um, so, you know, I look, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, it makes my, I say it all the time. It makes my heart smile because you really don't realize what you've done or what you've created with people until like you start getting to that last, like the final hours or something and you're like, whoa, we really did that. And it actually started, Josh, you didn't say it, but I'm going to say it. The first Afterglow actually happened at Blockage in Artery Alley, you know? And so that was the like first tester to see if people but do it, you know, and come to a nighttime event and stuff like that. And then we just that following, you know, two weeks later, we got, we got it moving. And so it, it was, I was scary. And I was like, are people actually going to come to this? And people actually came and people sold out of things. And, you know, businesses have formed relationships. My photographer on my team, like he's got contracts that he's doing. Um, right now, I, you know, I think he's working on something with Ellison Brewing Company. Like, so it's just, it made, we made together so many connections over 10 weeks, like the whole summer. Like, and it, it's, I just, I can't believe it, Josh. I can't believe it at all. Well, I appreciate you mentioning that. And, you know, if you're listening, you're not familiar. Um, uh, the Blockade was an event that um, 
that I planned with Lansing 501 uh, as a festival activating downtown and providing aid to local businesses in um, the heart of downtown Lansing as capital uh, state, state of Michigan workers are all working remotely. So they're not downtown uh, infiltrating those businesses, 50,000 employees. So it was a great event. And, you know, between Najima's, uh, Najima brought like 40 vendors to the event. And so there were like a, over 80 vendors um, up and down the four blocks, plus all the businesses were open. There's live music. It was fabulous. But, you know, Part of your success, Najima, I can imagine, is from all of the people that you got engaged, whether that was people that came downtown to experience the markets, the vendors that were participating in it, um, or the people that are volunteering with you. But there was also another really important critical element that got people engaged and involved in the conversation. Um, and something that has been found over the years is these crowdfunding campaigns are so mm -hmm. critical in building support and um, creating buy-in for people to participate in projects. And so you, um, before you even were able to launch this on that 4th of July weekend, you were doing a crowdfunding campaign through Patronicity, which is a program mm -hmm. with um, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, um, where if you raise money through the campaign, $1, $5, $100, woo, do you got a sponsor for $1,000? You know, <laughs> if you can raise the money, um, the MEDC will actually match that. So tell us a little bit about your patronicity campaign um, and how it went for you guys. So we raised um, $13,000, um, which was doubled to the MEDC for um, $26,000. And so we actually ran that campaign while actually going through the market. So the first couple of weeks of the market, we actually were running the campaign. Um, we were able to launch it. Uh, I went to the Lansing Juneteenth Celebration Committee, Lansing Juneteenth Celebration, that was at Real Town. Um, we went there and I kind of, you know, raised money there. And literally I had kids who donated two bucks, like of their pocket money to support the market. You know, I had, um, you know, Moneyball gave us some items that so that we could give it away to people who donated a certain amount. Um, we had yoga studios who donated for Firefly Yoga. They donated yoga classes for people who donated like, I think $75 or more. Um, it was really like a collaboration of the community, like coming every dollar, like dollar to dollar, people were donating, um, you know, classes. We had 20% off at, um, which I, I don't know if you can still use it now, but like a couple of different real town businesses were donating 20% off, uh, Michigan Distillery 20% off. So they like, the community made it happen. Cause there were moments like I was looking, I was like, okay, there's a thousand. Okay, there's like 2000. And I think we kind of got like stagnant at one moment and it was like 3,500. And I was like, we have 10,000 more dollars to raise. Where in the hoo-ha? Is this money going to come from? So, you know, um, I'm so grateful for like, Gillespie Group was a huge contributor um, to the campaign. Same thing with community, uh, the Community Foundation, Delta Dental, um, Lansing Made, like from anyone that you can think of in the greater Lansing community contributed. And it was, you know, I cannot thank the community enough. Like if you're listening and you're from Greater Lansing, I cannot thank the community enough because there were moments that I was like, okay, well, we're gonna have to make you work for $2,000 for an entire summer. We'll just see what happens. And so um, that really, it touched my heart because a lot of people just didn't know who I am. 
like people said, where in the heck did Najima come from? And I was like, I've been here for like almost 12 years, but people didn't really know who I was. And then, you know, the articles that they ran about it um, really, really helped. Um, and just people, be, I think people were looking for something to believe in and looking for something that they could give to. And so they opened both their pockets and their heart to like this new idea, um, you know, this idea that, you know, wants to come to Lansing. I know some people are skeptical because a lot of things start in Lansing and they don't finish or they get partially funded and don't finish, but people believed in it enough to contribute. And even up until the last day, like the girl who was the first funder, like ironically came to a damp jam and she's like, hey, I'm the first person that, you know, uh, gave, a, gave money to the campaign. And so literally meeting people on the streets who I would have never, like, I think she was like an MSU student and who just believed, like they just believed in the project. And so it's, if you can, you know, if you have an idea, you have a concept, you know, that you want to see in your area that can change, you know, whether it's placemaking or fund, you know, businesses that need a little extra help, you know, to, to, to make it pop in the area, a patronosity campaign, a crowdfunding campaign in general, is kind of the way to go. Um, shout out to Socialite Society, who's working on getting her space, who has a crowdfunding campaign going on. She's one of the vendors at Afterglow. But, um, you know, we can do it as a community. That's how we win. Like, that's how, how we win is by collaborating, whether it's with dollars, whether it's with, you know, experience. You know, half of the things I got donated in kind, you know, my photographer that I have on my team, shout out to Marcus Davis, you know, he just like, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. Like, you know, I, I, I'll come shoot. Didn't ask for a dollar initially when we started, you know, I'm going to give him something, of course, but he's like, you know, I believe in what you're doing. Let me build this website for you. Let me connect you with this thing. And that's, that's community. Like the, that collaboration that, that I'll help you. And it's not for your own gain. You know, I think that when you, do, when you're passionate about something, um, I'm passionate about what I do. And a lot, of, and all of the people that I work with on my team, all the people that I work with, with DLI and, and, and all the things, you know, they're passionate about seeing the greater Lansing community succeed, change for the better, you know, and take what's already existing and work with it. Because I think a lot of times with placemaking, we think we got to make something new, new, new. Well, really, I took things that were already existing here, like, you know, 517 Poetry event, you know, you guys, we, you know, Lansing 501, I took those things and we just worked together. And so we got to take the fresh ideas and morph them with, the, with what's already existing in order to make Lansing like sparkle. Well, I can certainly say that um, I'm really glad that the community believed in you too, because it's it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish. Um, and because they believed in you, you raised that $13,000 and it was yes. doubled. And $26,000 can make such a massive impact over these 10 weeks. And think about um, the vibrancy that you have added to the downtown Lansing community by being able to have that, that, that money available. And to compensate and pay for artists and creatives yes. and these creative sector and small businesses that you've been able to support um, through that. And then the community has been able to support. So it's amazing um, the, the work that those patronicity campaigns have. And, um, you know, Najima, you and I can relate um, in that 
it's a scary process going into a patronicity campaign. A number of years yeah. ago, I also went through one um, for the Under the Bridge Project, um, which is a public art um, installation project to connect downtown Lansing and Michigan State and, and kind of the psychological barrier um, between Lansing and East Lansing. And that 30 or 60 day time frame is terrifying, right? Like it is the most, it's the most stressful 30 or 60 days you've ever had. You think you have a stressful 30 or 60 days? Do a patronicity crowdfunding campaign. You're like, I think I have this much confirmed. But then to be, it's, if you've gone through a capital campaign, you can relate. Um, but, but a patronicity campaign has that timeline on it and it has that deadline. You have to meet XYZ date. And so um, congratulations to you and to your entire team and the Lansing community for standing up and stepping up and, and making this possible. It's, it's pretty awesome. And if you need more information about the patronicity program, um, we'll be sure to put that up on our website so you can see that as well. Um, it's a great program um, that, that's really transforming communities all across the state of Michigan. And you know, one final thing that I really wanna make sure we talk about um, Najima, and it's something that is near and dear to both of our hearts is, um, inclusion, representation, and, and diversity in all these, all these projects that we're doing in our communities and ensuring that we are bringing to the table um, everybody and giving um, exposure to everybody. And that's something that you're, you've been doing with Afterglow Markets. Talk about um, the, the intentional um, work that you've been doing and certainly the, the positive outpouring of love that has come with that. Yeah, so I speak with every project that I work on to make sure that it's BIPOC, if you don't know what that is, is Black Indigenous People of Color, as well as that it's inclusive of LGBTQIA+. Um, because I feel, and I've said it time and time again, that when you go to art fairs, you go to markets, it's not always the most inclusive. And it has a lot of the same people over and over and new people aren't given opportunities. So at least 60 to 75% of my market um, every now and then it's a little bit lower than that, um, is going to be BIPOC or LGBTQIA+, um, because they need a seat at the table. And, you know, I don't like the word disenfranchised. I feel like that just makes everybody sound all kind of work. But people who historically have not had the capital or who have not had the opportunities that they needed, you know, somebody took a chance on me. Somebody took a chance on me to put me in an art space, to believe in my paper jewelry, to believe in, you know, things. So it is my duty as a human being to be able to provide those same spaces for other people, you know, because overall in my life, I'm a mother, is at the end of the day, I want to see my kids live out being whole, healthy human beings, whatever they choose to do as far as their career path whatever they choose, you know, as far as what gender they identify with, whatever their life path is, I want them to be a good human being. And that starts at the community level. And so we have to, we have to do these spaces. We have to collaborate with us. We have to be inclusive of everyone, regardless of their background, their color, you know, what they look like. I have, you know, people who are, I got, you know, I'm a, I say I'm a Christian asterisk, but I love because, you know, I'm a Christian, but the, you know, some of the us, you know, we do, we kind of shady. Okay. So I have friends who are Hindu, Muslim, all religions, all colors and all shades. And I need for that to be a directly reflected in the projects that I do. Like, I want to see everybody because 
if we don't have those people in those tables, we'll have a boring, bland, gray wall of a world. And I don't like gray. I mean, it's all good. I mean, you can put all the colors together and it's muddled and stuff. And sometimes you need it, but you need a little bit of red, green, blue, purple, pink, all of the things on your canvas to make it pop, make it sparkle, sparkle and make for a beautiful world, a, a beautiful humanity. So. Well, I think you touched on something that I think is so powerful about what you're doing with the Afterglow Markets in that these markets are giving um, entrepreneurs and small businesses a chance to to drum up some interest and to drum up um, actual revenue for their business. So that way they might move into a gallery space. They might move into um, selling their wares and products at different stores because they're able to produce at a different level. They're able mm. to maybe get a storefront and invest in our community. And so by being able to support um, these communities, the BIPOC community and the LGBTQIA plus community is also investing in entrepreneurs um, that are not always invested in, right? And so that's what I think is so special about what you're doing um, with the Afterglow Market. And I just thank you for the work that you're doing because it is helping so many people. It is affecting so many lives for those that are getting to attend. And I think that um, is really powerful. So thank you for that. And, you know, Najima, I just want to wrap up today by thanking you for all the work that you're doing in Lansing. Um, you shine, hon. You are a shine. You <laughs> You glitter, you sparkle, you do all the things. So thank you for all that you do. Um, and so if people want to find out more information about Afterglow, as well as your company, You Shine Events, that um, is really creating these unique opportunities in communities in Lansing and probably soon all across the state, um, where can they find information about all of those things? So you can, there are two places to find YouShineEventsConsulting.com. All over the internet is just you shine events consulting. Um, you can also follow me. Everything is Najimaiman, N-A-J-E-M-A-I-M-A-N. And then you also can go to afterglowmarketlancing.com um, or, or Afterglow MKT on all social media platforms. So stay connected, stay engaged. Make sure you follow Josh's stuff because he's a pretty cool dude too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time to have this great conversation. Yes, peace.